0: So yeah, we'll just jump right into it. Uh, Thanks everybody for checking this checking this episode out. I'm chatting with my good buddy, judo, John Williams. And uh, why don't we just jump right into it, John? Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about uh, where you're from and how you got into jujitsu?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm originally from uh, Fredericton, New Brunswick, but I'm living in St. John, New Brunswick now. Um, I got into jujitsu because of MMA. I, um, I wanted to be an MMA fighter. Uh, but before all of that, I guess I was more into pro wrestling. <clears throat> uh, during that time, it was like middle school. I joined the wrestling team. And uh, I joined the wrestling team because I thought that, like, they trained me to be a pro wrestler. But <laughs> completely. Uh, wait, completely- wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Before, did you think, you mean you when you, you started joining the wrestling, thinking like. They were training to be a pro wrestler. You didn't know that it was like, oh, this is like amateur wrestling stuff. Yeah,
1: I was under an impression that I was going to be <laughs> learn how to take falls and like people with steel chairs and shit, but uh, <clears throat> it didn't work out to be that way. But I ended up like liking the sport of wrestling. I, I I was really good in the room. So like in the room, I was probably like even like in my high school which uh, I only wrestled in grade nine, but even back then I was pretty good in the room. But when it came to competition, I kind of like, I don't know, I had nerves. I still have nerves these days and sometimes I'll underperform because of that. But um, I never really did good at wrestling competition. Um, But I still stuck with it and like around grade nine that's when i first discovered the ufc and uh it was like uh i i would go on the appster uh like the old like sort of uh mp3 downloading
0: system or whatever fine wire all that
1: yeah and then you know give my mom's computer aids and shit and (laughs) all that stuff uh but I would download these, uh, these uh, highlight videos. And I, I remember seeing uh, Tito Ortiz and buddy was like putting in people in cradles and me and them in the head. And I was like, man, he's doing like r- real wrestling moves. And I was like, I would like to do that sometime. And uh, you know, I'm the type of guy that like, if I find something that I like, I'll obsess over it. sorry about that. I'm just kind of getting over a cold, Um, but I'll obsess over it. And um, so I would go on uh, message boards like SureDog and kind of research MMA. And I found out that like submissions is something that you needed During the time, there was no Brazilian jiu-jitsu in Fredericton that I knew of. So I just joined Judo from there and I'm from so judo like 2006
0: 2007 maybe
1: i would say even earlier than that because okay. i graduated uh back in 2005 so i think we're looking at like maybe around t- 2002 2003 is when i like joined judo okay and i i graduated high school and i was still doing judo and i met Dana, through, Dana Dickinson, my coach, through, uh, through judo, uh, And I noticed that he was wearing a jiu-jitsu gi and also a jiu-jitsu belt. So I asked him about it. And he said, uh, yeah, you know, I'm coming from Toronto. I, you know, I served as a police officer, but I'm back home now. And he mentioned that he was thinking about opening the school and asked if I think if there would be interest in the city. Uh, for for jiu-jitsu or like an mma program and i said definitely because like around 2005 like that's when the the ultimate fighters start to really pop off right yeah. so sports started to get more popular uh, like i remember like back when i was in high school like kids used to make fun of me because they thought that i was still into pro wrestling in high school and I was reading these MMA magazines and I'm like no like it's UFC they're like oh that's pretty much that's fake and I'm like no it ain't
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> real people didn't know oh, back
1: then yeah and he's like no they're like no it's fake and then uh, I read him grade 12 I was sitting on the bus and I can hear like people talking about Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin and I'm like ah uh, screw you guys. <laughs> I was there before all of you. <laughs> now it's popular. Yeah. And it's, um So, you know, after meeting Dana and stuff, uh, he, he said that he was going to open a school. And then I didn't see him for a while at judo. Uh, and then I was on Facebook and I saw that he started up a school. So I joined the school and the rest was history. Uh, Through Dana, like I was able to uh, achieve my goal of being an MMA fighter. So I did that for a little bit. Uh, I ended up with 10 fights, not the best record, four and six. But all my four wins were uh, via first round submissions. So I always kind of was more of a submission specialist in MMA. Um, Back then, the the level was very very low so i was a blue belt uh but like around locally uh, a blue belt in jiu-jitsu would be like ufc one totally uh, easily take people down and submit them uh near the end of my career uh the level started to pick up my last fight was actually mike mallet yeah. uh who's in the ufc now yeah,
0: so yeah did uh, you have uh i'm I'm sure some people would be interested to hear a little bit more about your mma career um did you have a like a favorite fight or one that you just look back on you're like oh that was the one
1: um my favorite fight uh i didn't win this one was against brad dugay and uh we went two and a half rounds he ended up finishing me in the third uh but it was probably my best fight in the sense that it really showed my overall improvement. Like I really worked hard on my boxing. I showed my hands there. Um, I, uh, worked hard on my ground and pounds. So like in the first round, I was, I elbowed the fuck out of his face and, and stuff like that. Um, looking back, I think I probably should have just tried to submit him, but, um, I, uh, I like Brad Dugan now as a person and stuff, but I really just wanted to punch him in the face back. So <laughs> I really just kind of like worked on that in the round and made or in the fight, and it made it a good fight. But uh, I wasted a lot of energy, I think, uh, just trying to punch him when I should have just like jumped on the arm or something like that and uh, submitted him because I think I I could have submitted him in the first round, but.
0: Yeah, and I mean it's tough. You see a lot of guys in MMA too, guys that are like jujitsu specialists. I'm like, I'm thinking of George Groelle, who was like the classic. Like he's so good on the ground, but like a lot of his fights were just spent kickboxing and standing up. So it's like, yeah. I feel like kind of probably like you said, you want to like kind of show your skills and like, like I've been working on my ground and pound, and you know, I don't just need to win by submission, but at the same time, like you're not working kind of like your best tool in the fight so yeah that's very interesting it's interesting that you would pick um a fight too that uh, you didn't necessarily win but you just kind of showcase your skills what about your your first fight talk about uh, a little bit about that where was it um were you like extra nervous for that one talk a little bit about the first there.
1: yeah so my first fight was against this guy named jeff black uh who uh but uh, people uh no offense to Jeff, but people used to call him a, a garage fighter, like he just kind of self- trained himself yeah at the time he his record was two and seven uh so like the promoters and my coach you know they all told me like this is the fight that you're supposed to win this is a good first fight for you you're just gonna go down there you're gonna take him down to the ground you're gonna submit him and like knowing I knew that that was the possibility for me, but backstage I was so nervous. Like I was pretty much ready to die that night. Like I was like, like anything can happen. He could hit me with a wild haymaker, hit me in the head, and then I end up dying or something. Like I, I was pretty much ready to die, and uh, I went into the fight and. He he threw up these crazy haymakers at me. And I I froze up. I shelled up, and then I could hear Dana yelling at me. He's like, "Don't just stand there!" And I was like, "Oh shit, okay." <laughs> and then I like grabbed him, took him down, and and I ended up submitting him uh, near the end of the round. Like there was a bit of uh, uh, like uh, some scrambling on the ground. I had him in an armbar. I felt his arm popped, and like. I never felt that before so I kind of like eased up a bit and then he, yeah. he slammed me I had the I had the arm but um at the time I didn't really know what to do with the arm like because he had protect it protected and stuff so I, we just kind of s- stayed there for a bit and the ref stood us up and then uh from there I just kind of like pulled guard and triangle choked him from there
0: sick yeah and that must have been like such an adrenaline rush too right
1: once it was crazy because like we had like the team and like friends of the team that were down there to see me and i remember just smitting the guy and like the whole crowd's just cheering for me and like never experienced that in my life so i'm like looking at people and and like i have i probably have like this face of shock on me like i don't know how to react to it and i look over at the corner and my best friend from high school he's laughing hysterically at me i probably have this face that's like downfounded and uh and then i was dana just came in lifted me up and it was just like it was such a high like and i remember just sitting uh near my friends and stuff after the fight and i was like oh shit i'm getting paid for this (laughs) six hundred dollars from it but i was like man this is crazy i actually got paid for competing
0: like yeah that's dope yeah it's amazing man and i mean it's interesting because i mean we started roughly probably around the same time and we've really seen the scene in the maritimes like it's grown like crazy exponentially like now i mean when we started there was like like you said there wasn't many gyms in the area things were just kind of starting out and now i mean there's multiple gyms in like every province and even like every like major city so i mean what would you say about the state of jujitsu jitsu specifically in the maritimes like when we started to like now
1: oh yeah like when we started like in new brunswick I think the highest belt was Sam Johnson. And at the time when I started, he, he was a purple belt. Right. And then um, I, my first seminar was with Jake McKenzie and Jake was a purple belt back then. And he just blew my mind. So like, I was thinking back then I was like, purple belts are like fucking gods. <laughs> They're the, the best thing out there. Right? And and then I got my purple belt and I was like, man, I ain't shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, like, no, it's, not, it's not magic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now we have like a shit ton of black belts like throughout the Maritimes. And uh, New Brunswick, we're in the double digits now. So like it's grown quite a bit. And I would say it's grown pretty fast. And I I would say personally, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm one of them, but there's definitely people in their scene that could like go to ADCC and do well, you know, that that could go to a trials and possibly win their division. There's a lot of good guys up and coming uh, that, that could pull that off. Whereas back then, like probably not, you know, but you know our scene's developing really uh well and as someone that loves jujitsu like it makes me really happy to see that and see it grow and you know I look at my students and stuff and like I'm thinking like they're all white belts but they're 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 so lucky you know because yeah when I started out it was just Dana was a blue belt and like dana taught me but a lot of our our techniques came from like youtube yeah. you know we would go on youtube and and study jiu-jitsu and then come to to the gym and be like hey yeah uh, i just saw this move on youtube what do you think of it and it's like oh yeah that's that's pretty good and dana would do the same thing and that's how we developed it uh but now like we have the knowledge and we can pass it on to our, our white belts and stuff like that. And so they're going to be a lot better than what I was when I first started, you know,
0: and a lot faster.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Like there's, I mean, there's us, the black belts that they have now, a lot of code, not every single club would have black belts teaching every class, but even just the level of like blues, purples, Browns. I always think about that when I'm teaching, I'm like, man, these guys, like, they're so much better than I was like as a white belt or as a blue belt. Like I had no ability to like wrestle when I was a white belt or blue belt, even as a purple or a brown belt. Now it's just something like I thought was important as a black belt so i started adding classes in and trying to kind of make myself good at it
1: but i feel like
0: yeah now it's like we can kind of we know what's important we know what to show them and if we don't know it's easy enough to go buy a gordon ryan dvd or gary toner or john Danaher, and you can almost be better than your coach in a very specific area
1: yep and uh bj bjj fanatics is a game changer i feel for for instructors but also guys that are coming up because yeah. you you literally have like high level instruction at your fingertips uh whereas before like i had youtube but yeah you kind of had to filter a little bit because you had guys that you know maybe they were like more of a traditional japanese jujitsu. yeah
0: you had I- to fight through a lot of crap to find anything good back then and a lot yeah. and like jitsu youtube jiu-jitsu was kind of frowned upon honestly when we were white and blue belts people would oh. be like uh like black belts like they're not looking at stuff on youtube like they're not on youtube and honestly like Dana hire wasn't making youtube videos like gordon wasn't it wasn't until fanatics came around that this became like an accepted like really like common thing but i remember yeah. thinking about like when this all a lot of these videos were becoming available in like 2018 2019 i was like almost overwhelming. I was like, "Holy, like how am I going to watch all this Stanahar stuff? Like I don't really have the time." And then I was like, "You know, I'm going to be doing jiu-jitsu for um, until I die, so I'm I might as well start watching this now because there's going to be some blue belt that's watching this danahar leg lock DVD that's going to try to heel hook me, right? So, you got to try yeah. to keep keep up with the trends and BJJ Fanatics, I think is going to be like one a huge thing when people look back at like the evolution of jiu-jitsu, YouTube right. and BJJ Fanatics change the game.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um uh, I was gonna say something. I lost my train of thought there uh, here's, a,
0: here's an interesting question too. I was thinking about this before the before we got started. but say if you could train your a clone of yourself, yeah, you got yourself as a student as a day one white belt, how would you train yourself um, as a white belt Now now being a black belt, how would you do it? What's some things you would focus on?
1: I For me, I think uh, a big part of it, Um, and, and it's from listening to John Danaher. Um, I mean, he, he's so smart at jujitsu that like whenever he says something, you kind of have to listen to it, but I would start off with like my defense, like how to escape bottom position, uh, how to improve my guard retention and like really make sure that my defense is super solid. Like if I go up, went against uh, uh a higher belt like for my clone as a white belt if he went up against a higher belt i want him to like not get cemented. yeah you know the higher belt might get frustrated and say like this guy's fucking boring to roll with <laughs> but like he says defense is like really uh sound and then off of that defense you can start really uh developing your offense And, like, that's how I kind of approach my my classes. I balance it out because, like, let's be honest, offense is – it's fun to learn submissions. But I'm always going to be falling back on, like, the defense, like how they escape side control, how they escape mount back, et cetera. And and also how they escape some of the major uh, uh, submission holds, like triangle arm bars you
0: gotta be able to survive
1: yeah and i i also too like i i probably like work a little bit more uh ashy gurami too like uh, as a white belt uh just like the the basic uh setups to a roomy ashy and to a straight foot lock you know this this is kind of the same stuff that I teach my students i i I think that um leg locks right now uh at least like the very basics like Rumi ashi and the straight foot lock uh should be part of uh the fundamentals of jiu-jitsu now because leg locks are becoming a little bit more prevalent at least in the, in the nogi yeah. uh, so it's good to like learn how to like navigate through some of those positions, even if it's just like learning the positions, not so much the submissions. Uh, Cause like the, the position can be used as a sweep, but also like you can untangle and then like pass the guard from there as well. Yeah. So I, I think they're, they're really useful. Um, I've always like actually uh, even when I was a white belt, I kind of like dabbled in leg locks uh, because I was a big uh, fan of Japanese MMA. And I, I also watched a lot of uh, early Ryan Hall when he was a purple belt, heel hooking uh, and stuff like that. So yeah. even back then, I kind of saw uh, that leg locks were, were super valuable. But it was almost like I was the only one that saw it that way because yeah. I remember like
0: back in high school again, except now you're with the crap <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> happening again.
1: Cause I remember like competing and, uh, I had a match against Scott Rose and I could hear, uh, god love john gill but i could hear him in the background being like yeah he would go for leg locks like kind of like shit talking me and stuff and i was just like man what's wrong with that Like,
0: yeah but that's what it was like man people don't realize now that it's like i mean it's heel hooks like if just people just do them now it's just like you just you know you got to be with it but it's like back then it was like people really kind of would like it was like frowned upon, like, no, no. Like it's like people would, you fall back for leg lock. Some guys might roll their eyes, you yeah, know, or whatever, you know, it's just, it's just funny how the sport changes and grows. And now it's just like what's not acceptable today might be acceptable next week. And if like, if Gordon Ryan uses it, then everyone's going to use it. Right. So do you focus on, on competition too? Like, do you pay attention to what's going on at ADCC and some of these uh, bigger events does that play into what you teach? Talk about that.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. So, um, flow state jiu-jitsu which is my team um it's super small right now and like a lot of my members they're young guys right and they all want to fight they they want to compete so i just see my my gym or my team as a competition team yeah Uh, so i'm always i have my eyes open on all the what what all the high level guys are doing i try to copy and bring back to the to the gym and stuff like that um i'm not right now interested in running like a recreational program it's i have a bunch of young guys that you know are around me that they're ready to fucking get down and dirty like let's (laughs) let's get ready for these competitions we got a few guys to that, that fight like Rob Logan and uh, Mike McLeod. So, okay. yeah. So the I, I try to produce a, a high level room as far as the training goes. Uh, the level of, of skill, like it's still in the de- development. Cause like I said, m- the majority of my students are, are white belts. And I, I may have like a couple of blue belts that train down there me. Uh, and then one purple belt that trains on there me my my friend Jaden, um, he used to be with MXT, but uh, he decided to to uh, join my team because he liked what we we're doing and stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, like essentially, that's what what we're preparing for is like the next competition. So if you're competing, if you're competing, then you have to you have to see what the best guys are doing and try to copy it.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure that would be listening to this, would be maybe interested in doing a competition or maybe they have done one or two before. And it's obviously something you deal with a lot. So when one of these young, hungry guys comes to you and they're like, man, judo, I want to do the competition. That's six weeks from now. And, you know, maybe they only got a month or two of training. What's some advice that you give them, even though, what what's some advice that you would give them, even though they're maybe a couple months in, but they're they're hungry to do it?
1: I would say do it if that's what you want to do, anyways. And you may not win, right? But that doesn't matter. Just go out there, fucking fight your heart out. If you lose, then we, we go back to the drawing board and we we try to figure out where we are lacking and improve those weaknesses and then get ready for the next one, you know um i one thing that i i did a seminar with uh shane rice uh back when i was a blue belt and he said he said to me he's like no one cares no one cares if you're a, a white belt blue belt purple or brown losing the match it only matters when you become a black belt right yeah. so those young those, uh, like lower belts kind of just use that to sort of, uh, build yourself up, you know, cause jujitsu is full of trial and error. Right. Yeah. It's just like life, you know, you're, 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 you're not going to come out, out on top. Like the first time it takes time. Like, even for me, like, like I still struggle with competing. Uh, and I'm just, starting to like sort of find my groove with it and and it took me like 15 years to figure it out (laughs)
0: yeah well I mean one thing uh that I do admire about you judo is that um you're competing at all these tournaments even still like you said 15 years in and it's just like I mean Uh, I'm not willing to do that like that go out there for every single tournament I mean I know like life's a bit different for us but but that's something I definitely admire about you is that you're willing to go out there it doesn't matter who signs up you know it could be like a couple other guys like your experience it could be less experience like you don't care you'll just go out there you sign up for your division you sign up for the open weight and I think that's an awesome example that you set for your students that like look I'm going out there I'm doing it so why can't you right
1: yeah for sure and like I mostly do that like Cause like I said, my, my team's small, so I, don't, I may not always get the whole team signed up for one tournament, but I want flow state on each tournament. Right. So if my students aren't signing up, then I'm going to do it. I'm going to step up and I'm going to do it. Uh, someone actually told me that I'm the most active black belt in the Maritimes. I'm not believe- saying that. <laughs> definitely not the best but i'm i'm uh, i'm there like almost every tournament competing and and it's not like for me i don't have any specific goals like i'm not trying to be world champion um my goals are more towards my school and my team but i love competing like it's i like the rush You know, I used to be a pro, a pro fighter. Right. And like, that was a big part of my life was training hard and, uh, and fighting. So in my thirties, it's kind of like, uh, something that I can store sort of keep on doing, but it's less, it's less dangerous, you know? Like, I mean, you can get your, your shit popped and stuff like that, but I never really had an injury from competing at at jujitsu because Usually if I get caught in, into something, I, I I have no problem with tapping out. Like, okay, you got me. I'll get ready for the next match, you know? Yeah. Like uh and you're out
0: there so much. And like you said, I mean you have had a number of losses, as as have I. But um, like I mean, I remember talking about uh you to my students and they're like, Oh man, judo, we hit this guy with a heel hook and that guy with a triangle. And it's like, I feel like people often just remember your wins which is which is nice in, in jiu-jitsu yeah. right I mean, everyone has losses but most of the time like if you think about your buddies and their last competition matches like you're probably thinking like oh yeah he did that cool move he did this or did that and it's like it's true what what Shane says like people don't really care they're just like for the most part like usually supportive happy that you got out there and competition is just is just good for that
1: yeah for sure yeah and uh yeah like I said it's fun and yeah, you get to see like I get to see guys like you and other people that are are part of the scene. And it's almost like kind of like a family family reunion, you know, yeah. like um, like like all like I I love everybody in the scene. Like I think everybody that that's part of this scene, they're they're great people. And like, yes, we compete against each other, but at the end of the day, like after the tournament, we're, we're talking to each other and we're talking about, you know, what our favorite techniques are and stuff like that. We're just shooting the shit like friends. And, uh, that's what it's all about. Life's too short. Life's too short to get all stressed out Yeah, about, about things, anything really. Right. Yeah, it's
0: true, man. It's true. It's just like, it's just, I feel the same way. It's just like, I just love jujitsu and I'm just, I'm just not a, a drama person anyway so it's like I don't know I just I'm just here for the love of the sport and I just love doing it and yeah it's awesome and it's funny yeah. that you mentioned Scott Rose um, before too because I was trying to remember the first time that time I kind of remember like meeting you or kind of seeing you and I think it was a tournament in Truro that I think Jason McKay probably would have put on and back then it was these tournaments that it would have been no points submission only like five or six minute time limit And I remember at the time I would have been a white belt and Scott Rose would have been one of my training partners. And he was tough as nails. He's always has been right. Like I couldn't do anything to this guy, especially when I started, you know, he was just, just kicking the crap out of me. Like he's obviously a a nice guy. He's one of my, uh, one of my great friends, but so I remember going to this tournament in Truro. I would have been in the beginner division, and I remember watching Scott go. And I remember thinking, like, oh, geez, Scott's probably gonna gonna smoke whoever he goes against. And I think you and him had a couple matches that day, and you definitely beat him at least one of the one of the two. And I remember thinking, like, wow, like this guy must be legit if if he can beat Scott Rose.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Like me and Scott had like a bit of a rivalry uh, when it came to competition. There was like a few different competitions where we 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 be like one and one or he beat me twice or i'd beat him twice but uh yeah we had a we had a good like sort of friendly uh competition relationship i guess me and him and he he was definitely really tough uh especially s- since he was coming from a wrestling background and i'm like my nickname was judo. My judo sucks. But I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, talk, talk about that too. Talk, talk about that. Cause that's come up a couple times in my class. They're like, oh, judo, like watch out for his takedowns. So I'm like, actually guys, uh, the nickname is not actually true. He doesn't, he's not going to try a, a single takedown on you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I pretty much pull guard every match. <laughs> Almost guaranteed. Uh, I do work hard on my wrestling though. but um, so. I got the nickname Judo. It it it's came from uh from high school actually. Um and earlier I didn't mention this, but I um I was part of a uh sort of a grappling club that it was actually a a, a cult that was disguised as a grappling club. Uh <laughs> but, <laughs> there's a lot of weird things that came with that. Um, I was living at at this instructor's house and it was kind of like a weird thing where it was like, Oh, you, you can't be doing that. This instructor wouldn't approve of it. Like, like oh, okay. we pop at to at such a high regard. And I, I think like he was like kind of full of shit and like studied, a, um, a lot of videos, like, like uh cassette tapes and stuff like that and said that he did sambo and and shit but through that group when i was in high school i had a friend named uh james kirkland and uh he called me john judo when i came into that club because i i was doing judo at the time um so that stuck in high school and then uh I had another friend that joined that club. Um, His name was Nathan Katar and uh, him and John Gale were actually kind of close buddies for a little bit. Um, So um, when I joined Dana, uh, Nathan came with me and he, Nathan would just call me judo. Right. So Dana and everybody at the, the club used to call me judo as well because of that uh so it just kind of like followed me from high school we're talking about like when i was 15 years old that nickname stuck with me all the way till i'm like 35 now so so it's an old nickname uh it doesn't signify my judo skills (laughs) whatsoever um I, I just think it's just more of a sounding thing like John judo or judo. Yeah, it just sounds good. Yeah. Um, but what I liked about it is that uh, judo means the gentle way. And I, I think that's really kind of goes along with my personality, but also like sort of my style of jiu-jitsu, where I'm not necessarily overly aggressive. Yeah. As I am to a certain degree in the sense that I'm always looking for the submission, but I'm not the guy that like barge in and like take you down and like physically dominate. Yeah. I'm more of a kind of guard player look for my openings or create openings through off balancing and stuff like that. I, I take more of a technical a- approach than like, uh, I don't know. Someone that would would yeah. be more.
0: I think you captured that with your the name of your gym too, Flow State. I think that's like yeah. to me, like yeah, that's judo. You know, that's you. Like when I think about like yeah, you're you're the flow guy. You know, we could probably have a, a friggin' ten minute flow roll that we could put on YouTube. Me and you, you, and it would probably look pretty cool, right? Like I feel like yeah. that's a, a perfect name for uh, for your academy.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I like that that name because uh, Flow State means. Uh, like uh, it's like a state of mind that like a lot of people will enter, like, for example, like a musician or whatever, they're on stage, they're playing their guitar, but they're not thinking about which strings they're, they're, they're playing. It's all muscle memory. And it's almost like, like they enter like the Zen state and their body just kind of goes and, that's what jiu-jitsu does for me i feel is like it's a it's a place where i can like sort of meditate in a way and like uh just kind of be in the moment and not like think about all the bullshit that life kind of throws at you like your bills and stuff like that yeah uh i just i'm just completely tuned in into the role and and uh, that's why I picked the name Flow State, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's awesome, man. And it's uh, it's awesome to see you still uh, still doing it and teaching, and your club's growing, and uh, you're getting some good good guys, training partners, and fighters. I know Rob Logan is doing amazing. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch you continue to grow. That. Um, do you have any like kind of future goals or plans with your academy or with your students that you uh, would like to accomplish?
1: Yeah, well, I mean. I I really just um, it's to be the best, really. Like I want to work. I believe, uh, and like I don't mean this as an offense to uh, any other the other clubs in Saint John, but I've trained at the other clubs, uh, and I believe that my knowledge base is better. Um, I I think I out of all the black belts in the city, I'm probably the one that studies the most. Um, and I could be just talking out of my ass. Maybe I'm wrong about this assumption, but just from training with all the other ones, I, I like, I feel like I'm, I study more than they do. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of black belts here in St. John uh, that, you know, they learn their jujitsu from 2005 right and that's the jiu-jitsu that they know and that's the jiu-jitsu that they're gonna stick with yeah because you know they they come from more of a traditional background like mxt is with max trombe who's on their like he's affiliated on their hickson and all shane's on their hickson and they're all about the self-defense which is good you know uh especially for uh for people that are like maybe uh, middle-aged or people that don't really want to compete they just want to defend themselves so like yeah. so those are good things to have but uh, for like people that want to compete I think like my club's the best club in the city for that um, and from there you know I want to be Known as the best in the city, but also known as the best in New Brunswick and then the Maritimes and then hopefully Canada. But, you know, uh, I may not reach that, but the pursuit of being the best, I feel, is going to make the team really good. You know, we may not be known as the best, but that pursuit and that drive, I think, is going to just raise the level. of of my room
0: yeah and you'll definitely find some some greatness or like great moments along the way even like you said if you don't reach like that like best team in Canada or whatever just having that work ethic and the drive of like no we want to be the best or training like it yeah that will definitely uh, give you a lot of a lot of success for sure
1: yeah for sure And, and 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 I think it'll bring a lot of value to people's lives too right uh when when we have a room where it's a bunch of people, they have like the similar goals and like sort of similar mindset, like you're going to go far in life with that,
0: you know? Yeah, Yeah, for sure, man. So usually I just kind of finish up with kind of some random questions, some about jujitsu and some not. So let's, uh, let's just do these. I think it'd be kind of fun. So um, currently uh, today, what's your favorite TV show? If you have one.
1: Oh, geez. (laughs) Who's number one?
0: (laughs) (laughs) A true jiu-jitsu guy, you (laughs) know. Okay, how about this one? I've added this. uh, This is a new question. Who have you rolled with the most in your jiu-jitsu career? Who's the one person you've rolled with more than anybody else?
1: Probably Dana. Dana, okay. Yeah, uh, I would say, um, yeah, because like he – every uh when i was training on there him pretty much so that so that was like 10 years of training every uh every class i'd be his first role right so i would say he's probably the the, the one guy that i
0: rolled with the most okay awesome what's the last technique that you taught in class
1: oh oh jeez I think it was like some open guard stuff. Uh, we're looking at uh, the dummy sweep or double coyote sweep. Um, and to like, so you hit that move and he kind of staggers off of that. Then you got like other uh, techniques yeah. that, like single leg X or uh, wrestling up and stuff like that. So it was a Thursday class and that was uh before uh, the last competition, I th- I think that was the, like sort of the sequences that I was I was teaching at the
0: time. Okay, cool. Yeah. What are some of your favorite movies?
1: Movies? Oh, I like Fight Club.
0: Fight Club's probably uh,
1: one of my all time favorites. Um, and then uh, pretty much almost all the Star Wars Star Wars movies. Except okay. for uh, for the, the sequels, the last three, I, I wasn't a big fan of. Okay. I still watch them because it's Star Wars, right? And I, I'm a big, I'm a nerd when it comes to that stuff. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I would say out of the uh, uh, the three trilogies, the original trilogies is probably the best one.
0: Okay, awesome.
1: So um, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi.
0: What about uh, martial arts? you have any martial arts or MMA movies that you like?
1: Uh, well, yeah, like Bruce Lee. I mean, I used to have a uh, box set of DVDs of like all the Bruce Lee movies. So that was uh, that was pretty dope. Um, we had uh, Return of the Dragon. I also had Enter the Dragon, too. We I downloaded that uh, as an MP3 way back. Um, game of death. Uh, I can't remember his other ones, but uh, yeah, Fist of Fury, I think, was one. Yeah,
0: yeah. all of them. What about who's your favorite grappler right now? Who's your favorite grappler to watch? Uh,
1: right now, I've been studying a lot of Craig Jones. Uh, obviously, Gordon Ryan's the best guy, and like. If if you're doing jiu-jitsu, he's the guy that you're supposed to pay attention to. Uh, But I like Craig uh, because he's a little bit bigger, but we kind of have a similar body type in in the sense that we're long and lengthy. Um, He's really good at Z guard, um, which is like half guard. It's sort of something that I've been playing since I was a blue belt and stuff like that. Um, and I like a lot of his, uh, top game stuff that he, he has on BJJ Fanatics, like that, um, that, uh, power ride and stuff. I think that was
0: interesting. That was really interesting to watch.
1: Yeah. I, I think that that stuff's really good. Um, I've been using it a lot when I'm rolling and it's different, you know, it's, it's a little, you can really like squish people with some of that stuff on okay.
0: traditional side control and mount but it's just kind of how to ride the legs and just kind of how to make yeah. people comfortable and kind of give up submissions
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: what about where are we at here uh what's your current favorite technique if you have one
1: Hmm. well <clears throat> that's a that's a tough one because there's a there's a few things that I like doing, but if I have to pick, like, I guess leg locks are probably like yeah. my favorite. The inside heel hook, I think, is such a devastating submission. Like, you can get that; you get a good bite. It's a pretty much a guaranteed win because no one's fucking around with that. They're usually tapping out to an inside heel hook.
0: Oh yeah, that's it. That. Um, what about this one? What do you usually eat for breakfast?
1: I actually don't eat breakfast. I kind of like it fast. So okay. well,
0: what do you uh, usually eat when you first when you first eat?
1: So around lunchtime, like I'll probably have a sandwich, grilled cheese. Like I like grilled cheese when I'm home. You know, like it's pretty simple. I put like some uh sandwich meat on there and
0: oh
1: yeah, grill it and it's a nice, nice little sandwich. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice, I love it. Um what do you think was the hardest belt for you? The
1: hardest belt, I would say probably purple belt. Why? Um. Well, I feel like purple belts, it, it's such a big gap, right? It takes the longest to get, but like as far as like skill level goes, like you could have like really freaking good purple belts and then you could have like, not so great purple belts. Um, So I would say that's the toughest belt, probably the toughest one to get uh, and maybe even compete at. But um, I think due to certain uh, things that happened in life, blue belt was probably my, uh, my hardest one competitively just because like, I was dealing with a loss with my grandfather back then. And like competitively, I, I just wasn't as strong. Um, Purple belt, like things started to kind of go, go good, but like you'd have some good matches. And then you would also sometimes like for me, anyways, I get like diced up depending on who, who was in the division. Right. Uh, And then I found like, brown black belt too is, is pretty tough because i i had a a weak start at black belt i lost a lot of tournaments at black belt uh that first year so i don't know it's a tough question really
0: the best thing i ever heard about being a purple belt was from craig jones <laughs> and he said purple belt's interesting because technically you're good enough that you could submit a black belt yeah but you but you also could get submitted by a white belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of true. You're kind of in the, in the right middle point of the road of where like, yeah, you're on the road to black belt, but it's like, you're not quite there yet technically. So it's like someone that's big and strong and athletic can still give you like a hell of a time.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's uh, a fair assessment.
0: Um, Last one for these ones. If you're setting the round timer, how long are the rounds? How long are we rolling for
1: my sweet spot is seven minutes.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll just do fives. Uh, so this last tournament, we just do did fives. But leading up, like, when we were three weeks out, it, it was no breaks in between. It was, like, five minutes, you finish your round. All right, quick drink, find the new partner, let's get to it. Yeah. Uh, but seven. I like longer rounds. Um but I feel like if you go up uh, above seven, it kind of like eats away at the class time. So seven is like the sweet spot for a good longer round, but not too long in the sense that it, you you can roll more. Like yeah. you can have
0: rounds. Yeah. It still keeps people engaged. And it's not quite like 10. I feel like I put 10 minutes on the time where people are like, oh my God, 10 minutes, right? But seven minutes or, you know, sometimes six yeah. minutes kind of a good that's a good uh, that's a good sweet spot nice yeah awesome. well yeah this was uh this was great man it was great to catch up with you and uh you're uh, i mean i'm sure we could talk for hours about uh, about jitsu and all the competitions and you know all the experiences that we had but i'm trying to keep these at least a little bit short and sweet but it was great yep. to get some uh some perspective um and like hear about your background and a little <coughs> bit about your team and yeah i think Uh, to me you're a a very inspiring person in the jiu-jitsu community like i said you're out there all the time you're doing it you know even if you're not like you said you're not your goals maybe not to be a world champion but you're out there and i feel like you're inspiring people and that's really what jiu-jitsu is all about it's about being resilient bouncing back from adversity and yeah i mean no one lives up to that more than you so um yeah thanks uh very much for for being a guest on here you're the very first one on the video uh Video edition of the Great Canadian BJJ Show. So, is there Ooh. anything else that you'd uh, you'd like to say to your uh, your fans or your students or any of your any sponsors? Uh, the floor is yours to to wrap it up.
1: Yeah, I just like to give a shout out to uh, Art of Savagery. Um, so they they sponsor me. Um, they uh, hooked me up with uh, gear and stuff. So uh, they're a local company in St. John, but they. They provide gear for everybody in the Maritimes. Um, they have like t-shirts, hoodies, geese, uh, no geese sets. Uh, so look them up at, on Instagram at, at Art of Savagery. Um, and uh, Ryan Grant will hook you up with some stuff there. Uh, just let them know that let them know that I sent you over. Um also I just like to say just to, to just keep on training and uh keep on pushing forward towards your goals um jiu-jitsu is uh it's a great thing like it it's helped me a lot in life and I uh encourage everybody to keep on on the path. no matter how hard it gets just keep your nose uh in in the nose grind there and um uh, uh you'll 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 reach your goals in jiu-jitsu for sure
0: yeah i mean no one knows that better than us like i mean we're two black belts we've been black belts for a while but we travel down the road and we know what it's like there's definitely some bumps on the road sometimes we're gonna quit sometimes we're questioning yourself like why the hell am i doing this a couple times a week but you know like don't give up and you know like focus on your goals and it's it's not an easy road but uh, I think it's very rewarding. And if you've got as far as us, then you're, you're definitely going to be able to look back and um, have a lot of great memories and then want to give back, which, like I said, I think kind of that's, that's what it's all about. So yeah, thanks uh, for being such an inspiration. I love uh, seeing what you're doing always on social media and stuff. And I would uh, love to have you on again, um, maybe after a big tournament or maybe to, to recap some big news or something. You're uh, you're uh, been, you've been a, a great friend. I have always loved chatting with you.
1: Yeah, for sure. You too, Josh.
0: Thanks a lot, Judah. I really appreciate the time, and uh, you have a great day.
1: Yeah, you do. take yeah. care. Bro.